Danielle, to be here. And this is Paul. Well, I'm not going to say too much because I know Roger's going to ask a few questions, but uh, we're really looking forward to hearing a little bit about your story of who you are and uh, some key moments in it. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you very much. And uh, can I just say how much we're enjoying being here with you? It, it's, we've had some wonderful meetings and we had the gladiator this afternoon and we were, we've been in the schools and, we, and we've been, had various supper parties. It's been really wonderful. So thank you very much for inviting us. So the theme uh, that's been chosen is this idea of turning point. And often in our lives, we have turning points when important decisions are made, actually, which often have far bigger implications than we think. So I thought you might just be interested to meet a great friend of mine, Paul. We've traveled all over, all over the place, actually. Uh, so, Paul, tell us, I, I know that you've had some, tell us one of, Paul is at, was, was a professional musician for how many years? 20, um, about 40 years. 40 years. Yeah. Golly, didn't know it was that long. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, so how did you, um, what was one of the first turning points for you, Paul? Yeah, um, there have been some people in my life that have been really influential. And uh, the first one I could think of was a guy called Mr. Waterhouse. Um, I come from a, a, a small family, mother, father, and a brother. Uh, my mother was a nurse. Uh, my mother was a Roman Catholic. Uh, she used to take us to church on a Sunday, uh, and on a Friday we didn't eat meat. And that's the best I can say that I can remember. I don't remember praying at home or reading the Bible or talking about Jesus. And uh, my father was a troubled man. My father didn't work. He had deep depression. My father was an alcoholic. I had no faith in, in anything um, and due to a whole series of events um, at primary school, I failed my 11 plus. Uh, but Mr. Waterhouse recognized that that shouldn't have been the case. And he came in and knocked on the door. Uh, and my father was very suspicious, opened the door and wasn't very pleasant to Mr. Waterhouse. But Mr. Waterhouse said that uh, Paul's failed his 11 plus, uh, but he said that shouldn't have happened. I'd like to give him some extra tuition uh, and resubmit him. Uh, and uh, I did pass that time. So that was a turning point for me because that took me uh, to St. Thomas Aquinas Grammar School in Leeds where um, I remember that we did have some religious education. So there were some seeds of faith sown then. Uh, Roger, but um, I didn't really uh, grasp uh, any of that. Mm. What, what I was interested in was the Beatles. <laughs> uh, and that's the reason that I wanted to become a musician. I wanted to be a Ringo star. And I, I wanted all the trappings that went along with that. Mm. You know, with the success, the fame, the adulation, the money, the girls, you know, the acquisition of stuff. And, that, and uh, because my mother was the only one that was working in the household, my father was drinking it all, uh, there wasn't much disposable income. I remember, Roger, uh, when I was uh, 12, about 12 years old, I made a vow. I went, when I grow up, I'm going to have everything that I want. And that's pretty much how I lived all of those years yeah. I've just mentioned to Did you. Did you have a Beatle haircut then, Paul? Uh, well, you didn't get your hair cut, so <laughs> <laughs> that was easy enough. The problem was getting away with it at school. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first turning point, meeting that teacher who really believed in you. Yeah. And then you got involved in uh, music. And I did, yeah. Uh, I, I, again, there was, there was a, another person called um, George Dean. He was an old army drummer. 
And uh, in Leeds, if you, if you didn't have music lessons at school, you could have them free at Leeds College of Music, which was the first college of music in the United Kingdom to offer a course in jazz and light music. Uh, it was based upon the Berkeley College in Boston in the United States. Uh, and th that really appealed to me. And, and that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and so George said to me, well, I, I can get you on the course. And I said, well, don't you need to have qualifications and an audition? And he said, come with me. He took me to see the director, Joe Stones. He said, this lad wants to be a professional musician. I vouched for him. And I was on the course. Another massive turning point and somebody influential in my life. So you got, you started playing and you played with various, well, you've played with all sorts of bands, uh, haven't you? I have done, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, was, I was there for five years. I did two years classical uh, because by trade I'm an orchestral percussionist and, and the noisy one at the back playing the, the timpani and crashing the cymbals. I loved all that power and noise. And, um, and obviously with it being a jazz college, I got into drums and um, that, it was an apprenticeship really, Roger. Mm. Uh, the, the college was run by people who not we had one or two academics, but there were mainly people in the business. There were w well established jazz musicians in the United States and uh, here in the UK who were teaching you, uh, you know, how to how to do your trade, how to do your thing. And at that time, there was a lot of work. I used to work uh, in the BBC or in uh, Granada Television. There was a lot of extra work where we'd go in because there were large orchestras in those days. Mm. There was a lot of work for us in in playing theme tunes or uh, I played in the Ron Goodwin Orchestra who wrote those magnificent men in the flying machines by Eagles Day 633 Squadron um, and then um, there was another turning point, I got married for the first time when I was 25 Right and that, but that didn't last did it? That lasted two years because uh, like my father, uh, I too was of unpredictable character when I was drinking I started drinking when I was 16 Roger which was oh. illegal uh, that showed me the rebellious nature of my heart. I thought it meant me a better musician. It didn't. I thought it meant me more popular with girls. It didn't. It worked against me. Um, but, yeah, so that, that marriage failed. But then there was another turning point because I, I met a girl um, called Jan who I would describe as born to sing. Mm. And so we travelled the world. A bit like Rob. A bit like Rob, yes. Mm. He's definitely born well, to sing. Yeah. And, uh, and fat Jan would love you. <laughs> uh, and she only lives down the road now, but that's yeah. another story. Yeah. Uh, but, but we travelled the, the world um, uh, as husband and wife, as uh, musical partners. Uh, we started off working in working men's clubs up and down the land, and then cabaret clubs in the West End. Uh, and then it got very difficult um, in the 80s to make a living. You know, we could do like 14 shows in the West End and 14 shows in Edinburgh, 14 shows in South Yorkshire. And then it became one night Brighton, one night Edinburgh, mm. one night London, one night Barrowing Furness, and you know how far that is. Yeah. Uh, and and, and Jan woke up one day and said, there has to be something better than this. Um, and a good friend of ours called Jane MacDonald, who some of you might know from the cruise, uh, Jane, we, we used to do lots of shows with her. In fact, I was a musical arranger for a little while. And uh, she came to dinner and she told us about this programme that the BBC were going to make. And we said, well, how do you get work like that? She said, I've got this agent. So uh, we called her agent and a month later we were on a celebrity ship in New York. Um, and you met, well, I know you've told me, we're not going to tell everybody all the people you met, but you met a lot of very wealthy, famous yeah, but, celebrity. Yeah, we worked our way up. But you, would, you were drinking heavily. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, every single day was a day to party. There's more partying goes on the ship downstairs than upstairs, yeah. you know, and I felt that was a license for me. Yeah, and 
Then the wheels came off, didn't they? And yeah, the wheels came off in 2004. We were working for the world's premium small luxury cruise line, and I'd made, uh, we had made lots of very famous celebrity friends. Uh, in fact, we'd, we'd uh, performed as a friend and, and, and guest uh, entertainers on a, a very famous long-serving British pop star uh, and all of his friends. Oh. And, um, yeah, uh, we would, I was partying like, like, like oh. crazy. Um, and, and then I, your marriage yeah that, that failed as well because you know, I remember in 2004 uh, when at the height of all that when we were making more money than we've ever had we got more possessions than we've ever had um, Jan decided that she wanted a divorce and I was shocked, I went why and she said I'm, I'm tired of watching you drink yourself unconscious every single day mm. so you came to York to um, I came to York uh, because I, I met another girl. I thought she could save me, but clearly she couldn't. I was on a, I was on a destructive <laughs> roll. Um, you, you got married to her as well? I, I got married to her yeah, as well, yeah. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, we shouldn't be laughing, well, but... That, well, uh, that's my story. Yeah, uh, and yeah. as you know, um, I, took her to, um, I took her to Las Vegas. I, I booked some sweets <laughs> in the Bellagio overlooking the strip and she, to impress her. Uh, and she thought I was a multimillionaire, and I was just drinking uh, and, 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 and partying and all debt. my savings, and I was getting into debt, 10 credit cards. And, uh, and then well, what, the, what the, happened? The there was another big turning point. There, there was a massive turning point, because uh, my father, um, on my 21st birthday, called me and said, uh, happy birthday, son, I'm going to kill myself today. Uh, and he, he tried that on several occasions before. He was in a very dark place. Sadly, that happened, but... Um, in 2004 to 2010, I started to think like father, like son. Maybe that's going to be my destiny. So if that's the case, I'm just going to party uh, until the money runs out. And, and then I'll take my own life. That, that's where my, my, my darkness had gone. Um, I, I could see no way out. I was digging myself into a deeper and deeper pit. All the things that I, I thought would fix me, all the things that I thought would give me happiness and pleasure and fulfillment that were actually none of that was working anymore oh. it all stopped working so 2010 uh, the money had run out I booked myself into a hotel room in York uh, I thought I'd been there three days I was in there for three weeks um, and in that hotel room there's a book similar to this Gideon's Bible uh, and I found some comfort in that but I, I, I could see no purpose in my life anymore I could see no way out of the, the problems I, I wanted to be a Beatle and yet there was all this chaos, three broken marriages, a broken career, I'd spent all my money, so I thought the only way to get some peace in my life was to take a lot of tablets and, and take my life So you, you took all the tablets? I did yeah and, uh, and I woke up then? three hours later uh, and the Bible talks about a still small voice within you um, and I heard that voice. I heard this voice in the darkest point, point of my life. And it said to me, Paul, there's another way. There's another solution. Um, when I heard that voice, I knew everything was going to be okay. I, mm. I felt peace, Roger. Mm. And now I met the Prince of Peace. I had an experience of the living God. Because... I had no purpose. I knew there was a reason to live. I had no idea that I'd be here uh, eight, nine years later telling this story. Mm. But at that time, I knew. Um, and so I, that was the turning point. Yeah. Uh, and the person that made the difference was Jesus Christ, the Prince well, of Peace. And that was the 
biggest turning point. That was the biggest turning point. Yeah. Uh, and the thing, of course, was not just uh, have an encounter with him, but I had to turn to him, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and I did that initially with making a prayer. Um, you know, if you'd have said to me, is there a God? I, I, I don't know. Um, is he real? I don't know. Do I believe in him? I don't know. Uh, is he listening? I don't know. Uh, does he care? Well, at that moment, I thought, after the evidence of my life, I'm not so sure if he cares. But if you're real, I need some help right now. Mm. And he did do help me and well I think we've probably run out of time but yeah. just, just we've there's been a huge change since then and uh, yeah well I think really what we I think we're going to stop there but if you'd like to know more uh, come along tomorrow <laughs> and uh, you can hear how you can have this uh, relationship that Paul's discovered for yourself so can we just say a big thank you to Paul thank you very much great Over these uh, few days and uh, tomorrow, we're with Turning Point that uh, we do very much believe that that in any life, in everyone's life, uh, that we all matter to God and uh, the story we could repeat for those who've encountered Jesus, know him, 